Hey, yo, Cali Green Monster Show. Sports. Stuff. Yeah. Let's get it, Nate Diaz. Welcome into another episode of A Cali Green Monster Show. I am your host, Dean Ryan, coming to you here from the Tesla Studios in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. It is a Monday morning, June 21st, 2021. Let's bring you in after what was hopefully a nice Father's Day weekend out there for all you fathers out there. You know, I didn't get a chance to wish you guys all a happy Father's Day, so happy Father's Day. I myself enjoyed my Father's Day as well. Thank you very much for asking. But today on Monday's episode of the Calgary Monster Show, I've got an excellent show lined up for you guys, as always. You know, for new listeners of a Cali Green Monster show, the show's here. It's perfect for you to put on in the background while you're doing your work, while you're maybe grabbing a coffee while you're at work, or just, you know, maybe running, maybe at the gym, or maybe you just want to maybe learn a thing or two about some random bullshit. You know, I feel like I cover all sorts of sports, you know, with mo- when football's around, it's going to be mostly football, you know, but I'll touch on some baseball, you know, when people like, you know, Shohei Atani are having the best week in baseball, or I'll touch on, you know, basketball, the NBA playoffs are going on right now, you know, Euro soccer is going on right now, we'll talk about a little bit of soccer and shit, you know, Formula One is going on. You know, over the past month, this has become a huge Formula One show. So, you know, whether you you follow all of those things, whether you follow a couple of those things, whether you don't even follow any of those things, let this show be the source of random knowledge for random water cooler talk. So randomly when your bud goes, oh, hey, I was actually watching the French Grand Prix this weekend. And then you could just randomly go, oh, yeah, I heard that Max Verstappen won. You know, you don't have to have watched the race, but, you know, Cali Green Monster Show is here for all that random sources of knowledge and shit. Even if you don't like sports every once in a while, you know, I'll have to rant about something that's just not sports related, you know, like, for example, this wasn't even going to be a part of the show. But I think it's pretty insane that at the beginning of the first Harry Potter movie where they go to Gringotts and Hagrid tells Harry that this is probably the most safe place in the wizarding world, save for Hogwarts, of course. And meanwhile, like Harry's about to get murdered basically every single year at Hogwarts, proving that it's probably one of the most unsafe places it could ever be. And then, like, I think the same day that Hagrid says that, Gringotts gets broken into, you know, Harry himself just like a couple years later as a 17 year old him and his friends were able to break into green gods and fly a dragon out of the fucking bank so you know the the wizarding world definitely has a lot of security measures that you know can be worked on but you know what that's a rant for a completely other day so we got a lot of sports to cover over this past weekend and over the past week. You know, this show is something that I like to typically bring you at least four to five episodes a week. You know, last week, you know, the days kind of got away. Next thing you know, there was only two from last week. But, you know, a lot of things have happened and transpired. You know, I feel like the way these NBA playoffs have gone, I feel like the narratives and how... 
I think these playoffs are going to turn out have changed completely. You know, in the first week of the playoffs, you know, I was feeling pretty confident about my Lakers pick. You know, I was touting, look how shitty the Clippers look. They're about to get bounced by the Dallas Mavericks. You know, Brooklyn looked unstoppable. You know, and now look at it. You know, the Lakers got bounced in the first round. You know, the Suns are looking like they're the real fucking deal. You know, Brooklyn, they went from being completely unstoppable unstoppable to being injured and getting knocked out. So, so much has happened. You know, Trey Young has all of a sudden become Steph Curry overnight. You know, so let's run down you know, some of the basketball action that's gone down over the past, like, couple days. You know, last night, Philadelphia 76ers, you know, part of the process. I think the big talk is, you know, I think the big headline, I think, is, you know, the Philadelphia 76ers getting knocked out in Game 7. You know, the Atlanta Hawks did what a lot of people probably didn't think they were going to be able to do. You know, they were a four seed. You know, in the first round, they're playing the Knicks, and I think a lot of people were – oh, no, they were a five seed, I feel, I believe. Yeah, so, you know, they, a lot of people were pulling for the Knicks in the first round, you know, so they upset a lot of people when they knocked the Knicks out. And sure as shit, they've come through and knocked the Philadelphia 76ers out. So I think a lot of the talk is, you know, about Ben Simmons – what the 76ers are going to do moving forward because this is obviously, you know, not, you know, maybe not the best, you know, championship winning formula over there that they got in Philadelphia, you know, but before we talk about the negative stuff, you know, let's highlight some of the positives, you know, one being that Trey Young has really morphed into a superstar over these playoffs. You know, he's someone that I always thought was kind of a little overrated, someone that wasn't really efficient with the ball. And, you know, that Atlanta had to probably be kicking themselves because they traded Luka Doncic for this guy. You know, while Luka Doncic, in my opinion, is a top three NBA basketball player, you know, he's so young and he could do so many things with the ball already. You know, I think the future is Luka's. But, you know, you look at Trey Young and he's really is transforming into, you know, one of the most dangerous point guard threats since Stephen Curry, you know, you look at Trey Young this playoffs, he's averaged nearly 30 points a game. I think it's 29 points per game, 10 assists, and this is on 33% three-point shooting. You know, he's been clutch. You know, he's shown up when his team needs it, you know, in in the fourth quarter. When you look at the 76ers and how much Joel Embiid has really, you know, disappeared in the second half, how Ben Simmons is afraid to shoot the ball. Trey Young's been the opposite of that. So, you know, when you think of someone who can really carry a team, put the team on his back. You know, I've, I've in the past, I've mentioned, you know, Allen Iverson with the 76ers, you know, 20 years ago, taking them to the NBA finals to, you know, eventually lose to Kobe and Shaq. But I feel like Trey Young is the type of player that's doing that. You know, it's really, you know, it's really something, you know, we'll see what he's going to be able to do against you know the bucks you know and i feel like what's been really impressive is that people kind of just look at him as just a score you know but he's shown in the you know in this series you know he racked up i think like 18 assists in one of the games you know so he's a distributor in addition to being an elite scorer and you know you also got to just look at the people around him the hawks are 
a team, you know, way better than a lot of us, I think, thought. You know, they've got a couple really good big men down low with Clint Capella and John Collins. You know, they're solid. You know, you got Bogdanovich, Gallinari, and Kevin Herter. They all can shoot, you know, so they can stretch the floor. So, you know, that with Trey Young, you know, it makes Atlanta, like, super dangerous. And I wouldn't be surprised if they come in and, you know, shock Milwaukee. And I think at this point, you know, we get pretty cool to see the teams that are left over. You got the Clippers, the Suns, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Atlanta Hawks. And these are teams that in recent memory haven't really, you know, had much success. You know, you would think of successful NBA teams over the past 20, 25 years. You know, you throw out the Lakers, you know, the Warriors, the Spurs. You know, those are the typical teams that we're seeing. You know, Miami. But, you know, so it's kind of it's going to be cool to see some fresh faces, you know, Atlanta, especially with Trey Young. And if they're going to have Trey Young for the near future, you know, Atlanta seems like it might be a hot destination for free agents to go. So you never know, maybe for the next decade, Atlanta is going to be, you know, one of the teams that will be threatening in the East, you know, switching our attention now, like to the more the negative side of the Atlanta and 76er series you know the 76ers man they I think a lot of people were picking them to at least go through the series I don't even think people were picking them to go all seven games but you know I mean Ben Simmons everyone's been talking about it and I'm going to talk about it as well you know I don't think that they can really win with this guy you know he's supposed to be their number two guy but you can't even rely on him when you need a bucket this dude's afraid to shoot. You know, you're watching Sports Center this morning, and they keep highlighting how in the fourth quarter, you know, he had a clear like dunk slash layup. And let's be real, he's six foot eleven. He should be dunking that shit all day, and instead he dishes it off. You know, he's afraid to score buckets, and for a number two, that's insane. You know, I think it's like in in the fourth quarter of this series, in games two, four, five, six, and seven, he didn't even attempt one field goal. You know, so it's like it's a combination of he's afraid because he can't fucking shoot because he can't hit a shot. And then he's also afraid that if he shoots, he's going to get fouled and he can't hit a free throw as well. You know, Ben Simmons was shooting 34.2% from the free throw these playoffs. That's the worst all time. That's worse than Shaq. That's worse than Ben Wallace. It's crazy. You know, like, you know, and what are you thinking about? Like the Ben Simmons, you know, we're going to move him. Like, I don't know what teams are really going to, you know, it's like, what do you do with Ben Simmons? He's like a pretty, you know, he, sure he's an all-star. And the fact that he's an all-star and he's been able to be an all-star without being able to shoot just is a testament to how good he is. Because think about it, he's six foot eleven and he's got handles and he could distribute the ball. You know, so you think about it, it's like, oh, we got like a bigger Magic Johnson. But then when you think like, okay, whatever basketball god you know when he's in the factory making the basketball players you know and when he was making ben simmons it was like all right cool we'll make him six foot eleven he could play the point he's going to be excellent defender it's almost like okay well where's the catch you know what okay he's going to shoot free throws worse than Shaq. he'll be afraid to shoot he'll be if he has zero floater game you know, teams are going to be able to play 10 to feet, 10 to 15 feet off of him, which will make stretching the floor, you know, really hard to do. You know, Philadelphia's brought in, you know, Seth Curry and Danny Green to try to be able to stretch the floor. And I feel like they were, you know, successful in doing that in a way. But the fact that they can sag off 
Ben Simmons, you know, that really just puts more pressure on Joel Embiid. You know, Joel Embiid, it's crazy how he's someone that, you know, when you think of it, he's a dominant big guy. A lot of people saying he's the most dominant big guy since Shaq. And this guy's out there with range and can shoot the ball and, you know, can stretch the floor better than Ben Simmons can. You know, at this point, when you look at how bad he's shooting free throws, it's obviously a mental thing. You know, maybe he needs to go see a sports psychologist or something. But if I'm a NBA GM, there's no way I'm making a move for Ben Simmons. You know, I saw someone saying, you know, maybe the Portland trade, Trailblazers can trade McCollum for Ben Simmons straight up. You know, and I guess that would improve the defense and stuff. And, you know, you've got Nurkic and, you know, Damian Lillard who can, you know, stretch the floor. But, you know, if I'm Portland, I'm like, does that really does that really help? You know, this is a guy that like, you know, in crunch time, you know, you can't rely on him. You know, sure, you can have him on the floor to maybe lock down somebody. But besides that, you know, I don't know. You know, at this point, you know, you know, I feel like a couple of years ago, their narrative with Ben Simmons was like, Oh, if he can shoot, you know, this guy's going to be so solid. You know, he just needs to work on his jumper. But I feel like we're getting, like, even diminishing returns from this guy. You know, it's like it's almost a joke when he hits a three-pointer in preseason people are celebrating. You know, and if you look at his free throw percentage, it's just getting worse every single year. I think his first year in the playoffs, his free throw percentage was around 70%. You know, then the next year it, like, dropped by 20%. It was in the 50s. You know, and now it's in, like, 34%. So I don't know, you know, what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. You know, I feel like the 76ers, they've got a solid team. But, you know, and Joel Embiid is a dude that you want to be able to build around. But he's also shown that he's been pretty injury prone. And with these injury prone big dudes, like, I feel like your their window for winning could just like totally shut in like a, in an instance. So, you know, they're going to have to figure out what they're going to want to do. You know, the Doc Rivers, coach of the 76ers, he really didn't inspire much confidence in what the 76ers are going to try to do. You know, when he was asked after the game if they consider, if he considers Ben Simmons a championship ca- caliber point guard, he basically said he doesn't know right now and you can't really, you know, you can't tell right now. You know, that's not something very confident, you know, or something someone with confidence in their point guard would say normally you'd say of course I think he's a you know championship caliber you know point guard I think we could win a championship with this guy but he basically said straight up like I don't know if I'll be able to win a championship with this guy so you know I think only time will tell with the 76ers as for right now you know Atlanta they're moving on they got a date with the Milwaukee Bucks the Milwaukee Bucks they just had themselves a tough series with the Brooklyn Nets you know you would think that you know facing a Brooklyn Nets team that has no Kyrie Irving and a hobble, you know, James Harden. And, you know, you got the Milwaukee Bucks that, you know, for the most part is completely healthy and f- still put together. You'd think that they would have, you know, not as hard of a time, you know, but the series went seven games. You know, Kevin Durant has put on some, some amazing performances. He has 49 point triple double in game five that, you know, basically won the game for Brooklyn Nets. You know, he played all 48 minutes of that game, you know, and then, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks won game six and then game seven was insane you know Kevin Durant it's like how do you top your 49 point triple double where you play for all 48 minutes in game five you know it's like game seven plays all 53 minutes 
Yeah, you heard that right, because this game went into overtime, so he played all of regulation. He played all of overtime. You know, he forced the game into overtime. You know, finished up with 48 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. I think those 48 points is the most ever in a Game 7. You know, it still wasn't enough. You know, Brooklyn's going to be going home. I think that from this entire season, they only got about like 22 games with Durant, Harden, and Kyrie on the floor. You know, it's a real shame. You know, I think that's why, like, if you look at, for example, the first year that the Miami Heat, big three were together and they didn't win a championship, you consider that a failure. You know, I would I would consider that a failure because those three were actually there. You know, whereas this Brooklyn Nets team, I mean, when those guys were all in the court together, they were completely unstoppable. You know, it was, it was extremely fun to watch. And like I've mentioned multiple times, they're one of the most fun teams I've ever used in NBA 2K. But, you know, James Harden, you know, hobbled with the hamstring and Kyrie Irving completely, you know, with that high ankle sprain, he wasn't going to be coming back. I think it'll be kind of crazy to see, not, I don't know, crazy, but it'll be interesting to see how the Brooklyn Nets can keep this team together. Because I think I heard yesterday that next year, Durant, Harden, and Kyrie, just their contracts together puts the Brooklyn Nets over the salary cap. So I don't know how they're going to work it. I know in the NFL, their salary cap, you know, they always teams always find a way to make their, you know, their salaries like work around the, the salary cap. You know, I think the Saints were something like $30 million like over the cap at one point, you know, and they still found ways to make it work. I don't know how hard the cap is in the NBA. So we'll kind of see how that works. But I mean, if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I'm finding a way to keep those guys together because, you know, them healthy is completely unstoppable and it's probably the best shore of the best show on you know in the nba and you know speaking of people being injured and stuff it's kind of crazy to think that kevin durant is the one that stayed completely healthy and was playing every single minute of the playoff games you know at least those past couple playoff games you know this is a dude that like a year and a half ago couldn't even walk you know the last time we were seeing that guy playing basketball before he was in brooklyn was completely tearing his achilles you know not being able to walk and at the Golden State. So, you know, Kevin Durant, man, I think some people sleep on how good this guy is. You know, he's arguably the best scorer of all time. What he was doing this series against the Bucks, I don't think there's anyone in the NBA, and I don't think there's anyone in NBA history that could really, you know, do what he was doing. You know, I don't care any of you Michael Jordan stands. You know, I don't think that Michael Jordan himself could even have been able to pull, you know, nearly 50-point, you know, playing all 48 minutes you know hey then again you know you you say Michael Jordan can't do something and then he'd go do it but I'm just saying that I think that Kevin Durant that was one of those special playoff performances and even with Brooklyn getting knocked out I think uh, Kevin Durant definitely earned some respect and you know be you know will be interesting to see what the Brooklyn Nets you know do moving forward and how they can keep this team together in the other bit of NBA action, the Suns and Clippers, they had their game one yesterday. The Suns were without Chris Paul. Kawhi Leonard was out for the Clippers. So, you know, the Suns took game one. Devin Booker got his first ever triple-double, 40 points, 11 assists, 13 rebounds. He completely took over in the second half. You know, he had a quiet first half, but, you know, completely took over. You know, Phoenix, this is, you know, a team that, 
when the Lakers, I thought it was a good matchup for the Lakers in the first round. And it was kind of like, you know, eating some crow when the Suns knocked them out in six. It was like something I didn't expect, but you can kind of just brush off that the Lakers were injured going into the playoffs and they were injured in the playoffs and would see how, you know, how the Suns would do against Denver. They completely starched Denver. And, you know, this train just keeps on a rolling. You know, I'm definitely not sleeping on the Clippers, you know, over the first two series, they dropped. I think the first they first, they definitely dropped the first two games against Dallas, and I think they might have dropped the first two games against Utah. But you know, so but they're a team that you know you they might look they they might look like shit the first game, and then they'll come out looking good. You know, they don't have Kawhi Leonard, and if people the rumors are is that it's ACL. So if it is his ACL, you know, I highly doubt that we see Kawhi Leonard throughout the rest of the series. I think it's going to be, you know, the Clippers are really going to have to, you know, Paul George is going to have to keep stepping up his game like he has been. You know, Reggie Jackson last night was very productive. You know, Terrence Mann, he was huge in their 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 elimination game with the Jazz. So, you know, the Clippers, you know, I'm not, I'm not counting them out. But if the Suns can get Chris Paul back and there's no Kawhi Leonard, you know, I would have to tend to lean towards the Suns for this matchup. You know, but it's still game one and, you know, a lot of basketball left to go. But I think we've got, you know, pretty good conference finals lined up. We're going to get a, a new face as the NBA champion. So a lot to look forward to in the NBA. Let's switch over real quick for a hot second to baseball you know I don't talk about baseball too much on this show you know Dodger fans I know you must be excited I think you guys recently just jumped over the Padres in the standings so good for you guys but I don't want to be talking about you guys today I'm going to talk about the other team that uses Los Angeles in their name even though they aren't even a part of Los Angeles County I'm talking about the Los Angeles Angels and specifically the best player in baseball the best player I've ever seen no, not Mike Trout, but I'm talking about Japanese Babe Ruth, Shohei Otani. He had arguably the best week of any MLB player of all time this past week. You know, not only just in the batter's box, but also on the pitching mound. Let me recite, you know, what he did, you know, starting on Tuesday. So Tuesday, he had a home run, a 429-footer. Wednesday, he had another home run, 435 feet. On Thursday, he took the hill, starting pitcher, pitched six innings, gave up only one earned run, struck out five, and got the win. Friday, he was DHing again, hit two home runs. Saturday, another home run. And Sunday, another home run. With that home run on Sunday, he has 23 home runs on the season, and that ties him with Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you know, Vladimir Guerrero Sr. was a, you know, famous Los Angeles Angel himself. But it's crazy to think that, you know, Shohei Otani is arguably not just the best hitter, but the best pitcher. You know, in right now the big story in the MLB is that, you know, the sticky substances that the pitchers have been using and that the MLB has been cracking down on it. And you've seen that, like, you know, pitchers are now getting injured and blaming, you know, the lack of being able to use substances. And you're 
you know, really start paying attention to how pitchers do now because with the MLB really cracking down on the foreign substances, you're going to kind of be able to see who's been using them. You know, you expect to see people doing, you know, shittier if their stuff was getting the benefit of sticky substances. So in a time where you're expecting pitchers to possibly be doing worse, you know, Shohei Otani's out there still dominating on the mound and out there dominating, you know, in the batter's box. You know, I'm. It's. I still think it's a crime that I live two hours south of where the Angels play, and I still haven't seen Shohei Otani live. You know, he's definitely the best show. You know how I was saying the Brooklyn Nets when they have Kevin Durant and James Harden, Kyrie Irving all on the court is probably the best show in the NBA. You know, obviously Shohei Otani. You know, no pun intend intended, but you know his nickname Showtime. You know, he really is. You know, whenever he's playing, whether he's on the mound or he's DH, and he's worth watching. So, you know, I just wanted to highlight that. You know, this past week was crazy. I don't think anyone, especially in the probably in the past hundred years, probably since Babe Ruth, has been able to have you know as good of a week as he has and. I'm going to argue that no one ever has, you know, if, if any of you guys will listen to the show and be like, no, actually this guy, uh, Honus Wagner pitched seven innings and got seven home runs, then please let me know. But until then, I'm going to think Shohei Otani, you know, this past week in 2021 in June had the best weekend of MLB players ever had. And before we run out of here, the Euro 2020 tournament has been going on so let's just kind of run down real quickly what's been going on in every group you group a has finished up and there was no surprises there italy has completely dominated they got three wins have not allowed a goal in every single each of those games i think they had a stretch of about eight games going into the euro without allowing a goal so they increased that stretch by three so i think it's 11 games now so italy they're looking solid moving into the knockout rounds you know they're followed by wales who look pretty decent and, and then switzerland so we'll see if you know based on how how the all the other third place teams go we'll see if switzerland gets out of it but we're for sure italy and wales moving on Right now, Group B, Belgium's cruising. They're obviously the best team. You know, they got a game against Finland coming up, I think, in about an hour. And then you got Russia and Denmark. Group C, Netherlands has been, you know, comfortably handling that group. They're 2-0 and right now. Group D's been interesting. You know, England, right off the bat, they got a win against Croatia, which was supposed to be their toughest game. You know, but I did highlight when I was previewing this tournament that they also had a game against Scotland. And considering that, you know, England and Scotland are both part of the United Kingdom, you figure there's going to be a tense affair. You know, there was probably a rivalry there, so I thought anything goes can go there and you know England really did not show anything creative in their play against that game it ended 0-0 so they got a draw there when they really could have used a win you know the Czech Republic and Croatia they tied so right now England and and Czech Republic are both tied at four points going into their final game so that's going to be a big one especially when you think that Croatia you know they're going to show up against Scotland so you know anything can happen there in group D Group E has been pretty, you know, I think that's the one that hasn't really gone according to script. You know, you think Spain would be the dominant team in the group, but they haven't really been showing their best form. You know, they drew with Poland 1-1, and they drew with Sweden 
zero zero. So Sweden, you know, I thought they weren't going to do that good without having Zlatan Ibrahimovic, but I've been proven wrong. They're tops of the group right now with four points. You got Slovakia with three points, Spain with two points, and Poland with one point. You know, I think Poland having Robert Lewandowski, that's kind of disappointing. You know, they were kind of shocked, surprised by, you know, getting beat by Slovakia. So you know, Group E, that's still up for grabs. And Group F, you know, F you'd think for France, how I thought they were going to, you know, even though it was the group of death, I thought France was going to be have no problems. And while they did get their, you know, victory against Germany in the first game, you know, they struggled against Hungary. You know, I think it was 1-1, ended up with a draw. I don't think many people thought that. I thought Hungary, they were a candidate for getting zero points in this tournament, considering that they were in a group with Portugal, France, and Germany. But this group, it's uh, you know, pretty heated going into the third game. You know, you got France with a win and a draw. You got Germany, who's now beaten Portugal, so they've got a win and a loss. And then Portugal, who beat Hungary in the first game, they've got a win and a loss. So it's really going to all come down to you know that final game. You know, France versus Portugal, and Germany and Hungary. So you know, really, it's you know, it's it's up for debate who's going to walk out of the group of death. You know, is it going to be all three of those big teams, or you know, based off of how the other third place teams are one of them going to end up being knocked out you know only time can tell one of my you know I think when one of the preview episodes for this tournament or one of the episodes that came out at the beginning of Euro I talked about how there was an article that came out about you know Cristiano Ronaldo is it time for Portugal to you know sit port sit him in favor for the younger guys and I thought that was crazy, considering that he's still one of the most productive goal scorers, goal scores in the world. And I feel like he's been living up to, you know, what I touted. You know, he's got three goals in two games. So, you know, Portugal, you know, they've got decent results right now. Wasn't the most favorable against Germany, but they also were facing, you know, a pretty solid Germany team who was against the ropes and needed a W. So we'll see how, you know, which Portugal team shows up for France. But I know for a fact that they're probably going to get a top form, Cristiano Ronaldo. So until all that happens, you know, that's all I got for you guys for this Cali Green Monster show. You know, if you listen through all that, you know, I really appreciate you. I appreciate everyone that takes the time to download and listen to any one of these shows. You know, if you enjoyed what you listened to, why don't you be a buddy, tell a buddy. And if you didn't enjoy what you listened to, I highly doubt you're even at this point in the show. So until next time, I have been your host, Dean Ryan. This has been a Cali Green Monster show. I hope you have a great one, guys. Peace.